0: you're listening to the J. John podcast. Well, this week, we have a very special episode for you as J. John brings us a Christmas message from Kensington Temple in London. As ever, if you want to find out more about the Christian faith, visit jjohn.com or follow Jay John on social media, and you can catch up on previous episodes on the J. John podcast. It's great
1: to celebrate Christmas at Kensington Temple with 119 nationalities. Whoa! <laughs> uh, we love Christmas, <laughs> Killy and I, don't we? Absolutely. We absolutely love Christmas. And you're going to read another extract from the Bible.
2: Yes. From Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, And he learned from them the time that the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went on their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
1: Great. Thank you, Killy. I love the season of Christmas, and obviously during this season of Christmas, we all have very different expectations and perspectives. There was this little boy, his birthday was approaching, and the thing that he wanted most was a bicycle. Got down on his knees, prayed for a bike, his birthday arrived, no bike. Really Discouraged. But then he thought, wait a minute, Christmas is just two weeks away. I'll get a second opportunity. Got down on his knees, prayed for a bike for Christmas. But then he thought, no, I prayed for a bike for my birthday and I didn't get one. So he gets up a little bit grumpy, starts walking around the house, saw a statue of Mary, had an idea, took the statue down, wrapped it in a blanket, put it in a drawer, and said, Jesus, if you want to see your mum again, get me a bike. <laughs> now, I don't know whether you're a little bit like that. You know, the negotiating type. But let's be honest. Haven't some of us thought, God, if you do this, I'll do that. I think we have occasionally negotiated. There are many different versions of Christmas. And because there are many different versions of Christmas, it's good to take just a bit of time, just to stop and say, let's go back to the original script. What did the original script actually say? The only true historical reason for celebrating Christmas is as the birthday of Jesus Christ. But nobody celebrates the birthday of a dead person. You only celebrate the birthday of someone who is alive. It is because Christians believe and know that Jesus Christ is alive that there can be a true celebration of his birthday. Now, just imagine it's your birthday and you're going to have a little dinner party with your closest friends. You're rather excited. The doorbell goes, you open the door, your closest friends are all standing there holding gifts. They all go, it's your birthday. You go, yes it is, come on in. And they all come in and they go, it is your birthday. Yes, it's my birthday. And then they get their presents out and they give them to one another. (laughs) Does that remind you of anything? (laughs) The only true historical reason for celebrating Christmas is as the birthday of Jesus Christ so we all get presents out and give them to one another. I mean, that is funny, isn't it? Now... In the original script that my wife, Killy just read, we read there of a group of people known as the wise men. And when the wise men came, they bowed down and gave him gifts. There was one one infant school, and the wise men came on in their nativity play. And the first wise man goes, here's some gold. And off he goes. And the second little kid comes along. He goes, here's some myrrh. And off he goes. And then the third little kid comes along. He forgets his one line. And then the little kid remembered it. (gasps) Frank sent this. (laughs) Well, obviously, Frank didn't send it. But the original script says they bow down worshipped him and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, myrrh. Now, why would you give a baby gold, frankincense and myrrh? Well, it's symbolism. And the symbolism in the original script is very profound. That's why this group of people are known as the wise men. They gave gold. What does that mean? Well, in the original script, gold is a symbol of kingship. And they had understood that this child was king, but the original script says the king of kings, the lord of lords. What that means is he's the king of the entire cosmos, the king of the entire universe. And it says, the original script, they bowed down and worshipped him. Now, the posture, what does that posture say? It basically says, we want to come under your sovereign reign and rule. Frankincense in the original script is a symbol of prayer. It's a symbol of communication. They had understood that the king of kings had come into the world to communicate with people. By giving frankincense, you are acknowledging this and you're reciprocating and you're saying, I want to communicate with you. They gave myrrh. Myrrh in the original script is a symbol of burial. It's a symbol of death. They had understood that this child the king of kings, had come into the world to communicate with people, but ultimately to do something for us. Now, how do we 2,000 years later interpret, understand, apply the truths of those symbols today? How do we do that? Well, we need to understand why was it necessary for Jesus to come into the world. Do you agree with the following statement? There are problems in the world today. Do you agree with that? Yes. Does anyone disagree? No, there are problems in the world today, globally, socially, domestically, personally. But what is the root cause? of everything that's wrong in the world today there was a mother she said to her husband darling I need to get on can you look after Annie their little daughter the father said of course he thought what can he do to occupy his daughter he's flicking through a magazine and he sees a map of the world he says to his daughter watch what I'm going to do He cut the map of the world into small squares and he muddled the squares on the floor. He said to his daughter, I want you to put the squares back together again to make, like a puzzle, to make the map of the world. The father thought, well, that'll keep her busy. But a couple of minutes later, she says, Daddy, I've done it. He thought she couldn't have done it, let me have a look, goes and has a look. All the squares are put in exactly the right place. How did you know how to put the squares? She said, ah, when you were cutting the map out, I looked on the other side and I saw a picture of a man and a woman. And I thought if I could put the man and the woman back together again, I could put the world back together again. You see, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. That is what's wrong with the world. It's the human heart. And the original script says we all have a diseased heart and we have dis-ease in our hearts. Let me illustrate it for you in a slightly different way. Just imagine you passed out of this life now. This is just an analogy. You woke up in a gigantic theater on your own. In front of you is a huge screen. All of a sudden, the doors open, an angel flies in, comes up to you and says, welcome to the theater of judgment. Relax. Watch the screen. There on the screen, you see your life. Everything you ever did here on Earth, everything you ever said here on Earth, and everything you ever thought, you see it on the screen. At the end of the film, as you're recovering, (laughs) the angel comes back and says, relax, there's going to be a second showing. All the people who were featured in the film of your life are all waiting outside and we're just gonna let them in to view your life a second time. How would you feel if your life were judged on that basis? The original script of the Bible says, that's how we're judged. But God judges us like that. I don't know about you. Me, I would not want a private viewing let alone a public viewing of my life. I honestly do not need convincing that I have thought, said, done things that I shouldn't. But not only that, we also see the sins of omission. Like, we could have been kind, but we didn't want to be. We could have been forgiving, we didn't want to be. Now, many, many people today, they... Believe that all that stuff on the film doesn't matter. It does. All that stuff on the film has the consequences of disconnecting us from God. And it works a bit like an overdraft in a bank account. If you have an overdraft and I have an overdraft, you can't help me, I can't help you. The only one who can help us is someone in credit. The original script says Jesus Christ was the only one in credit. You see, if our greatest need was information, then God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was money, then God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, then God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. That's why God sent us a savior. The invisible God became visible in Jesus, the intangible God became tangible. In Jesus. The unknowable God became knowable in Jesus. And He came into this world to do something for us. My wife Killy and I, we have three sons. When our firstborn, Michael, he was about four years of age, he and I went to buy his mum a Mother's Day present. So we're looking around the stores. We go into one particular shop. As we walked into the entrance, there was this gigantic sign right right there as you walked in. And it said, do not touch. All breakages must be purchased. Why didn't I just walk out? (laughs) I mean, not only because I've got a four-year-old, but I know what I'm like. I'm a little bit clumsy sometimes, but there is also something very magnetic about those words, do not touch. Isn't there? They're kind of very appealing. It's like, because it says do not touch, you want to, don't you? Anyway, we're in the store, we're looking around. Oh, I saw it just like out the corner of my eye. Oh, no, it's little Michael, Knocked something over. And it felt like slow motion as it fell. And I was like, no. Nah! And it fell, <laughs> smashed. The manager of the store, I do not know where he came from, <laughs> He wasn't around, but when it smashed, he was there and he didn't say anything. He just pointed to the sign. Do not touch. All breakages must be purchased. So I said, I didn't do it. He did it. He did it. And I thought, why don't I just walk out the store? Michael can pay the damages. Well, he did it. There's no way Michael, four-year-old Michael, could pay for the damages. Only his daddy could pay for the damages. There's no way you and I can pay for the damages. Only God in Jesus can pay for the damages. And that is exactly what Jesus did. You see, at Christmas, we celebrate Jesus coming and we focus on the cradle. But that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is the cross. Jesus Christ died on a cross because by dying on a cross, he was purchasing for us forgiveness. It's as if he was offering us a check signed with his own blood to say, here is the check to clear Your overdraft. To be offered forgiveness from the past, new life here today, and a hope for the future. The wise men understood this. The word Christmas has got the word Christ in it. If you remove the word Christ from the word Christmas, you're left with M&S. <laughs> now, we love m and don't we? Yeah, St. Michael, the patron saint of underwear. Yeah? Jesus is the reason for the season. He is. Yes, I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love it. But it's wrapping paper because there is a gift. The gift of Christmas is Christ. This is a great time of the year to receive Christ, to receive him. I was a student in London In 1974, agnostic, didn't believe in God, wasn't interested. I met a Christian. They gave me the original script. He gave me the original script, the Bible. And in my first year at college, he helped me read it and understand it. And I read, he showed me in the last book of the Bible there's this beautiful picture of Jesus standing outside of a door knocking. And it says this, if you hear the knock, open the door, let Jesus in. And my friend said to me, have you heard Jesus knocking? I said, I think so. He said, have you opened the door? I said, where's the door? (laughs) He said, don't worry about where the door is. Ask Jesus to break the door down. 9th of February, 1975, I knelt down and I said, Jesus, if this is true, if you're knocking on my door, break this door down. And the light came on. The light came on. My heart was warmed. Something completely changed. My my whole understanding of life, my purpose in life, my perspective in life completely changed. Christmas is a wonderful season to open the door, let Jesus in. If you haven't yet opened that door, open the door today here in Kensington Temple. Those of you that are tuned in around the nation or around the globe, open the door today. This is a great season, not just to receive Christ, but also to renew our faith. Now maybe for some of you, this last year, maybe these last two years, you've got (sighs) distracted, diverted, you may have found yourself slightly derailed, and you, you are a person of faith, but maybe you're here today, maybe you're tuned in here today, and you're thinking, I really need to renew my faith, my faith has grown cold Well, why don't you stand up and say, yes, I'm going to renew my faith. There was a man called Phillips Brooks, and he was a minister in America. And there was a civil war going on in America, and he was burying many, many people every day. And he needed to have some time off to have a sabbatical. He went to Europe. Christmas Eve, he's sitting on a hillside overlooking Bethlehem. And as he thought about it, that first Christmas, he got his journal out and he started to write words to express the first Christmas. And those words became the carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And in the last verse of that carol, this is what he wrote. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Honestly, I I don't know a better prayer and a better response to Christmas than these words. I think these are the best words, the best prayer that we can pray. When you're standing up, and those of you that are tuned in, whether you're standing or sitting or kneeling, I'm going to pray this prayer. I'm going to personalise it. And I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. I'll pray it once so you know the words. The second time, pray it with me. And then I'm going to say a prayer for you. And then you can sit down. That's what we're going to do. Just close your eyes just for a moment. Think about what you've heard. Do you need to receive Christ? Do you need to renew your faith? Do you need to release your fears? Do you need to rebuild broken relationships? If that's you for any of these, or all of them, please stand, just please stand up. Stand up now. Wonderful, thank you, thank you. Great, wonderful, well done. Well done. Anyone else? Great to see people all over standing up. Okay, can the rest of us all please stand up? I really like this, what I'm doing now. You know why? When the, when the people, first stood up you know it does feel slightly isolated you know you're standing up and you're conscious of it but look what just happened hundreds of other christians are saying we're standing with you we're standing with you and we're going to encourage you and support you here's the prayer O holy child of bethlehem oh holy child of bethlehem descend on me, I pray. Descend on me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me, abide with me. Oh, come to me, abide with me. My Lord Emmanuel my Lord Emmanuel, Amen. Amen. A prayer for you. For every person who's prayed that prayer, may they know the truth and the reality of the prayer that's been prayed. May they know your peace, your presence, your light and truth, And we pray for your protection. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you take your seat? I'm going to end with a beautiful Christmas prayer. May God grant you the light of Christmas, which is faith the warmth of Christmas, which is love, the radiance of Christmas, which is purity, the righteousness of Christmas, which is justice, the belief in Christmas, which is truth, the all of Christmas, which is Christ. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, May God grant you all these things, not just at Christmas, but throughout the new year and all the years to come. Amen.
0: No one is born a hero. They become one by repeatedly choosing to do what's heroic. Heroes of the Faith, volume two, J. John's brand new coffee table book, continues the testimonies of faith, sacrifice, love, generosity, and perseverance found in Volume 1. Retelling 60 remarkable stories, including inspirational people such as Mahalia Jackson, Brother Andrew, Rasalama of Madagascar, and David Wilkerson, we're reminded that the road to being a hero is to take heroic actions one step at a time. Heroes of the Faith, Volume 2, Available now from jjohn.com and other bookshops.